bountiful God, you gather your people into your realm, and you promise us food from your tree of life. Nourish us with your word, that empowered by your spirit, we may love one another and the world you have made, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And I invite our young people forward for our children's message. Pen. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Can I sit right there? I'll sit on <laughs> Squish you. No, never do that. All right. I'm going to... You get the mic. <clears throat> I'm going to draw a circle here. Let's see. Is that pretty good? It's kind of here, you know, if you just keep going around and around, it gets better, right? Okay, not really, okay. <laughs> okay, so here's this circle, all right? And we're gonna pretend that this circle is kind of like the church. And you know, the church is a fancy name. Um, it, ecclesia, actually the called out ones might be what it, what it means, but the church is a community, right? Those are followers of Jesus. You're a follower of Jesus. I'm a follower of Jesus. We're all followers of Jesus here. And so, and we're followers of Jesus. If this is the church, where would you put us in this piece of paper? Where would you put us? Where are we? Where? Where? Sorry, sorry. Inside. There you go. Inside. Inside. Okay. So you want us, we're in here, right? Little stick figures. <laughs> Just draw circles. It'll take too long for me to do it that way. It will, and it's not very good either. Okay, so this is where we are. Okay. Now it's interesting, though. Sometimes, you know, a lot of times we feel really good at being inside this circle. You know, that's where we are. We're inside the community. We're a part of the community. But sometimes things happen that make us feel, where? Outside. Sometimes things happen. What do you think might make us feel like, you know, I don't really feel connected. I don't really feel a part of the church. Yeah, yeah. And they say that, that you're not supposed to be somewhere and they start pushing you. Oh, so if somebody in here treats you really bad. That might make you not want to be a part of that. Wow, that's profound. That's really true. That's interesting. What else might make you feel? <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. What else might make you feel? <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we gonna do, sisters? All right. All right. Well, you're in the community. You're in here. So I'll just let you guys work it out. So, um, so what else might make you feel? What else might make you feel kind of left out or not part of it? What, what else? Okay, girls, come on. What else might you feel? I loved what you said. I love what you said. What, what else might make you feel kind of, you know, not so good about being inside? You said so, somebody treats you bad here. That's really true. Um, how about if just something sad happens? You know, you, well, yeah, like, like, like you don't get a donut, that leaves you out. <laughs> 
the major issue on Sunday mornings, for sure. But maybe something sad happened, like you got a bad score on a test or something, and you just were sad, and you came in here, and maybe that made you feel like, you know, you were outside. Even though you're not outside, it made you feel that way. So there's things that can happen, you know, that make us feel, you know, outside, right? Okay, right. Boy, that can hurt, right? Sure. So now what? Sorry, you're looking at the one from early service. There. Okay. You, you guys are, you guys are going. So look, um, what, what do you think we could do for the people who are feeling outside? For the people that are feeling like they're out here? What do you think we could do to help make them feel like they were inside? community. What do you think we could do? Maybe it's somebody that's never even been in there. Yeah. Okay, you can give them a hug. Like when they're here, maybe they're sad. That way they know. Yeah, Alden. Treat them nicely. Treat them nicely. Absolutely. What else could we do? Had doors. Had doors. We need doors here. <laughs> that's profound too. We really need lots of entry points into our community. Not just Sunday mornings, like small groups and, and Sunday school and choirs and music and all kinds of ways. Lots of doors to get in. Right. What else could we do to help people make feel apart, I wonder? Hmm. How would they know that it's okay for them if they're out here to be a part of our community? How would they know? Absolutely, if you tell them that God loves them, it, that's right. And if the people are inside are nice, you know what? Jesus said it this way. He said, people will know you're my followers and that you love one another. There you go. But you know what? It occurs to me, how do people know if they're out here, whether they've never been inside the community or whether they were inside the community and then they're now feeling kind of on the outs, how would they know that they're welcome in here. How, how do they know? God always loves them, that's true, but how do they know that? How are they gonna know? How, would you, how do you know it? From the Bible, okay, that's that, so they need to know God's story. People telling you, that's it. And they can read the Bible to you, that's right. But we have to invite people. We have to invite people, don't we? Maybe there's someone you know. Maybe they're a friend. And maybe they don't have a community where there's love and grace and mercy like we have. And maybe there's somebody you can invite. And hey, here's another thing, last thing. Maybe there's a, is there a friend at church that doesn't come much anymore, maybe, that you can think about? Boy, you know, I haven't seen them in a while. Maybe you can call them and say, you know, I miss you. Are you okay? Is everything all right? And let them know that we, they're, they're not on the outside. They're on the inside. Does that make sense? All right, good. Well, we're going to hear a story about Lydia who was on the outside, and she believed and became part of the church. And we're going to hear that today in our readings. So let's say a prayer. Thank you, God, for these children. Bless them. May they always know that they are part of your church, your family, that you care about them and you love them. So bless them this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. And Kids' Word is back and ready to go. Kids Word, if you're going to Kids Word, go on it. You can meet in the back there.
Acts 16, 9 through 15. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a pray place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Thyatira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Are you listening? Has anybody ever told you something like this? You're not listening. Have you heard that before? Maybe you've said that to someone else. You're not listening. My mom had this phrase she'd love to say, Billy, I could talk to you until I'm blue in the face. (laughs) Meaning, you're not listening. We can get closed off, can't we? Today, we hear the story of Lydia. As we move on in the Sundays of Easter, as we're right on the brink of Ascension Day coming up this upcoming week, and then Pentecost to follow, as we've listened to Jesus' words, and today we hear his words about going away. These are words he said before he died and was raised, but we hear them today because we know he's been with us. He appeared to all the disciples for all these days, and now he's going to go to the Father, and the Spirit's going to come, and we're going to celebrate all of that in the weeks to come. But today we also hear from the book of Acts to see the resurrected Lord, God and the Spirit bringing Christ and the word going out and the church being formed and the story of Lydia, her coming to faith, is really the story of when Christianity first makes it into what we know today as Europe. But there's a phrase when it comes to her coming to faith that is really interesting and jumped out to a lot of us as we heard it this week, where Luke tells us the Lord opened her heart. The Lord opened her heart. Now, maybe it goes without saying, but that if Lydia's heart needed to be opened, then before that it was what? Closed. Are you listening? 
And it's interesting that when her coming to faith is described by Luke, Luke doesn't say, and then she chose Jesus. Actually, Luke says, the Lord opened her heart to listen to the gospel, to listen to Paul. Now, the heart, biblically, is the location of emotion-infused thought. It's the way we receive. It's our openness or our closedness to the message, to the good news. Lydia's heart was opened, and she was baptized. She and all her household, this merchant of purple, this fine cloth, and perhaps this means she was quite influential and well-to-do. We don't know for sure, but this important person, this important woman comes to faith because God, the Lord, opened her heart. Now, there's another interesting thing that happens, and you might not have caught it in this Acts reading. In fact, I'd be shocked if you did. You get major kudos if you caught this, because you kind of have to be reading on in the, you know, kind of being reading what's come before this in the book of Acts to really catch it. But all of a sudden, something happens in this reading. And again, it's, it's so easy to skip over it. You, know, you don't notice it. But it, in the first part of Acts, the writer of the book of Acts, the writer of the gospel of Luke, who we understand to be Luke, is talking about what's happening. Paul did this, and then he did that, or Peter did this, and he did that, or then they, the group of disciples did this, and they went there, and they went here. And then all of a sudden, did you notice something? Look at verse 11. We, we set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace. We, wait a minute, what has happened here? Luke has been telling us about what other people are doing, and all of a sudden now, it's we. It seems like, now there's other explanations, but the one I believe in, and I think is certainly correct, is that this is like Luke's way to tell us, this is where I got in the story. This is when my heart was opened. Just like Lydia's heart was opened, now I became part of the story. Lydia's story and this we get me thinking about where we're at when it comes to the story of what God's done in Christ. Are we, are we outside looking in or are we inside and do we say we? This is what we are doing. Or are we saying this is what they are doing? I always know when someone gets a little alienated from the, their church because they stop saying we. They start saying that church. That's not good. That means that there's something has happened. But it's even more exciting and amazing when people start saying, you know what we're doing? We're doing this or we're doing that. This is because they've become part of the story. They've become part of the community. How is it that we can remain strong in that first person sing, uh, plural, we? And that got me to thinking of the many barriers that can happen for people who are a part of the we already or people who have never got in yet have never got into the story, have never joined the story. That story hasn't become their story yet. There's a lot of barriers. This is hit them real quick. 
There are a lot of people who um, struggle intellectually with the faith and with lots of questions. It's like their heart follows their head. You know, they've got questions about dinosaurs and evolution and creation and science and, and the faith and miracles and all kinds of things. How can this happen? They typically say, I only believe in stuff I can see and taste and feel and investigate and experiment. I oftentimes ask them, though, do you believe in right and wrong? And they, of course, say yes. I go, well, prove it. We, you see, I mean, it's, it's actually true. Everybody believes in stuff that they can't see. They just don't realize that they do. But nonetheless, that can be a barrier, and I get that. I have all kinds of questions. I mean, I'm a head person. I mean, I just love doctrine. I love philosophy. I love thinking in general, and I do a lot of thinking, and my heart sometimes follows my thinking. But it can be a barrier, our rational thinking, if, especially if we say, I'm just going to be closed off. To believing until I get every question answered. <laughs> and a lot of people come at it that way, right? That can be a barrier from becoming part of the we. But then other people, their heart, their head follows their heart. And they have experiences in life that sometimes keep them from joining the story. Maybe they've, they've had some horrible experiences with loss and difficulty and disease and struggle. Um, and, and there's a lot of pain and suffering in the world. And maybe that just it becomes a barrier for them. And, you know, then their head, once, you know, their heart, their head follows their heart. I have sympathy for all of kinds of reasons why people get they just can't quite jump into the story. They can't become part of the we. But I also know that we live in a culture that is the most unsupportive or unfriendly to faith and being a part of a Christian or any religious community for that matter. We're part of a culture that's the most unfriendly since I've been alive. I mean, just ask a parent whose kid's in some kind of sport. Used to be Sunday morning was kind of sacred. Once in a while, you'd have a tournament or something. Now parents have to basically choose church or will my kid play soccer or swim or will they play so softball or baseball because it's on Sunday now. You know? You know, that's, that's, that's a barrier to becoming part of the we and being part of the community. Our culture is not, doesn't make it easy sometimes. And maybe that's good, actually. I don't know. And I want to be really clear, I don't think these barriers just affect people who have never been part of the story. I think they affect us all, don't they? Aren't there barriers and things that would erode our sense of we? Just like the kid said, maybe it's something that happens here, hurtful. Maybe the pastor didn't notice something that they should have noticed in your life. Maybe no one else did. Um... And maybe there was a hurt or a struggle that you wasn't heard. Maybe you weren't part of a, a smaller community that could really support you and help you in that time. There's all kinds of, th these barriers to the we are real for people who are already in the story. And they can start to erode our sense of, of belonging and our, our part in that story. Sometimes it's our own self-doubts and wondering whether we'll be received because of some sense of who we are. Probably, ultimately, the biggest barrier 
is just our own human nature, isn't it? You know, we want to do it our way. You know, Christianity was known as the people of the way first before it was even called Christians. What way? The way of Christ. Following Christ versus what? Versus our, following our own way. Finding our happiness in whatever way we want to find it. You know, and today, everything is tailored in America to all our needs. We've got internet. We've got phones. We can customize everything just the way we want it. That's a part of our human nature. Those marketers are smart. They know what they're doing. But that can be a barrier because when you're part of this community, it says, here's the way of this community. It's the way of Christ. It's not your way. It's not my way. Oh, man, there are some barriers, aren't there? Now that I think about it. So isn't it good news that we hear in Acts that the Lord opened Lydia's heart? Do we not get together every Sunday and pray, Lord, open our hearts because our natural inclination is to close those hearts and go our own way. But we come here because we give the Holy Spirit a chance to work in our lives and keep our hearts open and receptive. If, you know, that's what this is about, in fact. There's a, there's a great C.S. Lewis um, concept in Mere Christianity where he talks about the good infection. What's, you know, I mean, back in the old days where we wanted kids to get measles so they get them when they're young and all that, and all that's kind of changed, I guess, a little bit now. But, but there is such a thing as a good infection, there's a good infection, and how do you get that infection? That is faith. Well, you hang out with other people who are likewise infected. Isn't that lovely? Doesn't that love the way that sounds? <laughs> you hang out with other people who are part of the story because that it's catching, and it keeps you, um, it keeps you there. It keeps you strong in that. Um, so Mark Allen Powell would say it a little differently. He would say, and this is a New Testament scholar of one of our Lutheran seminaries, he would say, make yourself as big a target for the Holy Spirit as possible. Well, so how do you do that? Well, you're doing it right now. You come to the table. You hang out with other people. You pray. You do all those faith practices that we talk about. That's not a way to get God in your life. That's a way to let God open up your heart. And I think there's a difference to that. <laughs> Maybe it's just semantics, but I think there's a difference. God is the one who works faith in us. It isn't our doing. It isn't our working. But it does come down to something. Do we, do we make, make it? Make ourselves a big target for the Holy Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I know for me, there's a lot of barriers that erode my sense of we. So Sunday morning reaffirms that. Um, Midweek stuff reaffirms that. Your prayers reaffirm it. Your service reaffirms it. All kinds of ways. But the ultimate way, the ultimate way, is just that you come and you hear and you, are, you receive Christ over and over and over again. So, I mean, every time you come, I have to remind you that death is a problem. It isn't 
answerable or solvable just by us changing the, the way we talk about it. We don't say people die. We say people pass away. Now we don't even say that. We say they passed. I understand that's the lingo of our culture. But, you know, death can't be so easily taken care of. I don't believe, as I read the story of the scriptures, which has everything culminating in Christ going to the cross to take on death for us. If that had to happen, then death is a big problem. It cannot be managed. Our terror, our worry about death can't be managed by some nice sayings. No, it took the cross. And so I get to tell you, <laughs> I get to infect you with this great good news that Jesus took your death upon himself. And when he was raised, his victory now becomes your victory. It becomes our victory. Man, isn't that awesome that now we get to say we. We had that happen to us. That gift is for us. Not for those people, but for me and for us. That's the gift we've received today. I get to tell you that. I get to give you Christ today. But thankfully, it isn't just by hanging out in church and by word and sacrament that God works in our life. God works all kinds of ways. In fact, you might, here's what Lewis said, some of you may feel that this is very unlike your own experience. You may say, I've never had a sense of being helped by an invisible Christ, but I often have been helped by other human beings. That's rather like the woman in the first war who said that if there were a bread shortage, it would not bother her um, house because they always ate toast. <laughs> if there's no bread, there will be no toast. If there were no help from Christ, there would be no help from other human beings. He works on us in all sorts of ways, not only through what we think of as our religious life. Thanks be to God. God is out there. God is connecting us to God's self in all kinds of ways. I wonder, I wonder today where you're at when it comes to the story. And when you tell the story of what God has done, are you talking about it or are you telling it as if you're in the story? Because here's the good news, you are. When you are baptized, you are brought into the story. That story is your story. Um, so we, we just celebrate that today. We celebrate that we've moved from they to we. But there's one more thing. There's one more way to keep yourself strong in this we and keep yourself connected to God's story, and that is um, share it. <laughs> share it with other people. I talked to a pastor recently who was talking about another Lutheran church who happens to particularly be growing and a lot of young families coming and, and whatnot, and I was like, well, what's, what do you think makes the difference? And this pastor said this, just this simple. We've got a handful of people who are absolutely nuts about our church. And they tell everybody. They tell all their friends. you got to come to our church, man. We've got great music. We've got a loving community. You want to be here? Because, yeah, you know, don't forget you have the story. You have the words of eternal life. You have it. You have the story. And man, when you start sharing it, when you start telling other people, oh, you got to come, and then they say, well, we go to another church, you say, yay, good, keep going, and you move on. 
But, but there are lots of people. We live in the nun zone, N-O-N-E, supposedly. So evidently, you've got lots of people, I've got lots of people, who are desperately searching for fulfillment and happiness and joy in all the places that don't deliver. But you're in the spot that does. And when you share it, and when you invite someone to it, when you call that person up who you haven't seen in church for a long time and say, man, I miss you, that's, you will not, you, you just cannot believe how that will reconnect you to the story. You'll be in that story in a way that you have never felt before. And maybe it happens on the playground. Maybe it's one of our, our young people whose friend doesn't go to church. You want to come? I don't know, but that's the way it'll happen. Oh, thanks be to God that God has opened our hearts and we are indeed part of the we. Amen.
good and gracious God, we thank you for our whole lives, for creating us in your image, for loving us no matter what. Help to remember that our identity and the identity of all creation rests through you and in you. Lord, in your mercy. On this Memorial Day weekend, as we re remember and honor those who have died in military service, we pray especially for peace. Peace within ourselves and among our relationships. Peace in our homes and neighborhoods. Peace in our schools and places of worship. Peace in our communities and states, in our country, in our hemisphere, in our world. Lord, in your mercy. To that end, Lord, we ask for wisdom and guidance for ourselves and for all people who lead, from those leading in workplaces and classrooms, in counties and towns, in state legislatures, in courts, in Congress, in governments around the world. Lord, in your mercy. Please watch over all of our deployed military, especially Rebecca, Patrick, Eric, Megan, Jared, Andrew, and David. Lord, in your mercy. As we watch floods affect people in the Midwest, drought affect us here in the Pacific Northwest, and tornadoes and severe storms harm people in the South, Lord, we pray for creation. Bring healing to creation, to plants and animals, to the seas and the skies, to the cosmos. Lord, in your mercy. There are many people near and dear to us suffering, Lord. We ask for comfort, for healing, and recovery, and peace. For Wade Randall's mother, Stella. For Jeff Osbacher's brother-in-law, Jerry. For Kathleen. For Bill. For Linda and Steve. and have a seat after sharing greetings of peace with one another. Send this down the line so we can know you're worshiping with us today and um, welcome you, particularly if you're a guest. This is our weekly announcement booklet and it lets you know lots going on and this gives you ways to sign up for all that's happening. I do want to... Um, let you know that there is a service for Memorial Day out at our cemetery. 
which is the Island Lake Cemetery. It's at 10 a.m. You are all welcome to attend that. Um, there are two weeks left to register for middle and um, middle camp. Uh, so let kids know, um, invite whoever. We love to have whoever can welcome and come to that. Uh, Pastor Bill's foundations class is going to be getting started. You can read about that in the beacon if you're interested in learning about the faith. And as many of you know, after this service, we join, we call it sacred grounds in there. Um, lots of food. It's not just donuts anymore. And uh, last week, Justin added sort of some coffee house entertainment. And we're going to hear our own Terry Randolph sing some jazz today. So if you would like to stay and have a bite to eat and listen to Terry just right after worship, head out there. All right, as we head into our offering, um, I'd like to thank Adrian King for playing today. He and his sister will be um, doing a benefit concert next Saturday right here, all the money going to backpacks for kids. So thank you for being here as we worship with our offering.
Unanimous. Stay standing. Stay standing. <laughs> pray, God of mercy and grace, we offer the joy and thanksgiving The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give God thanks and praise. It is right and a joy that all the time and everywhere we would give thanks and praise to you, Almighty God, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus. He was the true Paschal Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death and in rising has brought us to eternal life. So we join with Mary Magdalene, Peter, and all the witnesses of the resurrection with earth and sea and their creatures, angels and archangels, to praise your name and sing their unending hymn. On the night that our Lord Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and then gave it to his disciples, saying to them, Take and eat. This is my body, and it is given for you. Do this to remember me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks, and he gave it for them all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. 
It is shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of your sin. Whenever you drink it, remember me. Now let us pray as he taught us, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. These are God's gifts for you. Come all is ready.
send this meal to Jerry Gray, um, one of our shut-ins with Pat, so let us pray. Lord Jesus, as you have refreshed us through your body and blood, through music, in so many ways you've tied us to each other and to you, let this meal do the same for Jerry through Pat's hands. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I invite you to please stand. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. God of abundance, with this bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ 
making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in the power of your spirit that we, that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.